0: Welcome back to another episode of Rider Break, the official podcast of EgoDevil.com. I'm your host EgoDevil, and this is episode eight. Okay, on this episode of Rider Break, we're going to be talking about something a little different, but something that is still related to Common Rider, and something that I sort of feel obligated to talk about. Uh, as you know, I am now in Japan, which makes this the first episode recorded in Japan. And uh, once again, I'm able to go see the movies on the day that they come out, which is great. And, uh, you know, review them, which I definitely plan to be doing this winter when we get uh, the Forze and Wizard movie. But until that comes, uh, there aren't any Kamen Rider movies in theaters at the moment, but there is something else. There is the new Space Sheriff Gavin movie, which just came out today, and I went to check it out a couple hours ago. Uh, So I thought, well, why not? I'll let you know what I thought of it, because I'm sure somebody out there must be interested to know. Uh, Plus, Date's in it, so why the heck not, right? Uh, So this episode is probably going to be a shorter one, and it's just going to be my kind of off-the-top-of-my-head thoughts on the movie. And I will be getting into some spoilers, although I'm not going to do a scene-by-scene breakdown or anything, because honestly, I don't feel qualified to talk about this one that much, uh, and I need to tell you why. When I went into this movie, I went in as a casual fan. Uh, I like the original Garvin series. I have a lot of love for the character. I enjoyed him coming back in Gokaiger vs. Garvin. But uh, really, when you get down to it, when it comes to the metal heroes and the space chefs, I can freely admit there are people who are much bigger fans than I am. I mean, I am first and foremost a Kamen Rider guy. Uh, That's my area of expertise. So there were many times during this movie where I would see things and think, you know, I think this is a reference to something, but I'm not entirely sure. Uh, You know, I know enough about the series to get the ins and outs of it. But I haven't watched *Gavin* in a long time and I'm actually interested now in, in going back and rewatching it after seeing this movie because this certainly is a nostalgia trip in a lot of ways. So really, it'll be interesting to hear what people who are big fans of the metal heroes or the space sheriffs think of this movie because uh, I really did not go in with many expectations. You know, not, not to say that I went in thinking it would be bad. I just, I went in with really no kind of opinion one way or the other. I was like, as long as there's guys in shiny armor fighting monsters with laser swords, I'll probably like it. And sure enough, that's exactly what this movie has. So really, this is all I can give is is my honest opinion of it and, and what I thought. And uh, maybe somebody else out there will be able to give a, a more definitive take. You know, I, I mean, I guess it's sort of like with the Rider movies. When I go in to watch a Rider movie, I'm going in with a different perspective from people who are just more casual fans or casual viewers. I'm looking at different things. I'm concentrating on different things. Different things jump out at me more, or bother me more, or stick with me more. So you know, that's 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 common Rider and with this uh, I can really only give you sort of my take on it as a, a more casual fan who likes the original show and likes the space sheriff concept in general but I can't claim to be any kind of expert on it or anything like that. So, just so you know where I'm coming from on this one, I'm, I'm not gonna get too bogged down in the details and stuff like that. Because honestly, I sometimes it, I just don't know. I mean, I know I know enough about the basics. I know enough about things like uh, the villains in this movie, as I understand it, are based on villains from the original Gavin show in terms of their names and their motifs, things like that. There's a scene where Gavin's partner turns into a bird, you know, I knew what was going on there. Stuff like that, but um, I'm sure when this movie comes out on DVD and Blu-ray, there's going to be a whole bunch of things that I will have missed that people who are much bigger fans will understand and, and pick up on. Overall, my feeling on the movie, I really liked it. I thought it was an absolute blast. I had a great time watching it, and it's probably one of my favorite movies of the year so far. And I've seen a lot of good movies this year, so that's high praise. But yeah, I, I was actually kind of surprised how much I enjoyed this one. I mean, I knew it was going to be good going into it, just based on what I had seen of the trailers and stuff. It it looked like it was going to be a pretty good movie overall. But uh, I really dug this movie. I you know, I'm already kind of hyped up to go see it again, honestly, because it was just that much fun. Particularly in the latter half. Um, everything up until then is is still pretty good, but once, basically, once Kenji Oba gets in there, um, the movie really just kicks into high gear because he's not. He doesn't come into the movie until about halfway in. You know, people talk about him as this legendary space sheriff and all that, but it does take a while before he appears on screen. Which I think the movie's doing intentionally. It's kind of, you know, it keeps you waiting. It, it keeps you, it builds anticipation because you're just, you know, you know he's going to show up at some point, but you're just waiting for it. And when he finally does, uh, it, it's it, it actually a very funny scene because he doesn't have this big dramatic entrance or anything like that. Or there isn't this big reveal, you know, a sweeping pan or anything like that. It's um, the main hero of the movie. who is was the new Goblin, uh the Type G. Uh, who is a guy named Geki, a much younger guy, and he's sort of the successor to Gavin. and and his whole kind of story is that he's trying to live up to this this epic legend you know to to fill his shoes that are that are far too big for him um you know and and so it's it's kind of a coming of age story for him really, especially once the original Gavin comes into it but um he's getting beat up big time by like the main villain of the movie and all the bad guys are there they're all kicking his butt and then this this car comes smashing through the wall Kenji Oba jumps out and just proceeds to kick the crap out of everybody and then he gets the guy in the car and they drive off <laughs> and um you don't you don't get the big sort of reveal shot of him until you know when they say his name and everything until the next scene so that was kind of funny that he he has this very um just out of nowhere like you know, it, it, seriously, like I think any movie could be improved by having a scene where Kenji Oba smashes a car through the wall, jumps out and beats up people, and then drives off. It just that should become a cinematic tool used for by future generations. Yeah, but really, I mean, overall, it it, it was a really great movie. I I dug it. I liked the story. It's a very simple story, and the major kind of twist in terms of who the main villain is. I think you'll probably guess it before they reveal it, but at the same time. You know, it's one of those things where it's sort of nice to have your suspicions confirmed. And it's nice that they, they don't pull any punches or, you know, pull any fast ones like that. It's it's a story that plays out in a very kind of expected way, but it's done in a very good way. And it, it's handled very well. And that's sort of, that's kind of this movie in a whole, I think, is that it's a it's a very old school movie. And it's doing stuff that we've seen before, but it's doing it very well. I mean, I think we've we've kind of had the story of, you know, three friends who grow up and and they kind of have this love triangle between them almost, and you know, one of them's good and one of them will eventually turn bad, but not totally bad and stuff like that. And then there's the the sort of coming of age slash passing of the torch story between the old guy and the new guy. Yeah, I mean, that's really the plot of this movie is pretty simple, but it's it's enjoyable you know it's not it's not groundbreaking or mind blowing or anything like that but it it's at it, it, for what it is it does it very well and i think that sort of extends throughout every aspect of the production i mean all the way up to the director uh Kaneda, who i know has taken a lot of flack lately for superhero tyson and and for the all riders movies um you know i i don't have a problem with him i mean i think his directing style it's very kind of traditional and old-fashioned and and what you see is stuff you've seen before but again i mean he does it very well like um you know superheroes Tyson and that's a whole nother mess that i'll get into some other time i'm trying to write a review of that one uh, which is tricky because you know to, to put it bluntly i didn't think the movie was that bad at the same time I understand every problem that people have with it like it's it certainly got problems um but I didn't really hate that one I, I thought it was you know I, I I had fun watching it you know I don't know if I'd watch it again anytime soon it was one of those movies where it's like you know I I, I don't regret watching it but I'll probably watch other movies again before I will that one you know like his all riders movies I think all riders is die Shocker and uh let's go companions i think those are both great movies and and actually kind of underrated movies but you know again you know the directing style i i don't have a problem with that it directing is is not the problem if, if those movies have a problem i don't think it's with the directing really it's with other things but that's just me um but for this one i i thought he did a really good job i thought uh, you know, as far as a movie that's supposed to be kind of a, a love letter to the past and a, a tribute to the old days, uh, it's just this movie really succeeds in in how it's presented and and even in the story too. I know that the script was by the guy who did the um, like trilogy of Ultraman Zero movies, basically the Mega Monster Battle One and the Revenge of Belial and Ultraman Saga, and in some ways it does feel a bit like an Ultraman movie. Uh, Strangely, I don't know. The plot, the main driving force of the the three main characters is that as kids, they also decided, we're going to go into space someday, and that felt very much like something from an Ultraman show. I can't quite remember which series or if it's multiple series. Maybe the Ultraman fans up there can help me with that, but it, it did remind me of something something in addition to Forza, which I know is probably what you're all saying right now. It reminded me of that, too. But it, there's also a, an Ultraman show or movie that it reminded me of a lot. I just can't think of which one. Um, maybe, I suppose, the the eight Ultra Brothers one? Because um, that starts out with with a bunch of them as kids at the beginning, but don't quote me on that one. I, I feel like that theme might have been present in that movie at least. I'm not sure. Uh, but you know, it worked. It worked for this. It was really cool to see. Um, speaking of space, they actually reuse, I think, the Forze space suits in this, which was pretty cool. I mean, they changed the labels around, but it was sort of neat to have those back, you know, used in this movie because they do a lot of uh, flashback scenes where they're up in outer space. Because the new Gavin, um, his story basically is that he's a guy from Earth. Who went on the first manned mission to Mars, and of course something went wrong, so he got lost in space, but was saved by Gavin, and has now been sort of elected to become his successor. And so this movie is really about him proving that he can become the successor because uh, he's an interesting character in that he's uh, he's not a wimp or anything like that. I mean, he's a pretty capable guy, but he does have this nice kind of goofy aspect to him. I mean, he he's very much like Gavin in the original show, I think. You know, where he he was he was a good like well-rounded character. And it's funny seeing him with, you know, the original Gavin with Kenji Oba, who sees a lot of himself in this guy, and the scenes where they're together, especially towards the end, there's this whole sequence where they get thrown into Maku space. Uh, and it's, it's just great stuff. I mean, it's it's action-packed. It's funny. They have great chemistry together, you know, playing off each other. And and the stuff they're going through is, is ridiculous. It's it's really funny. Like, they basically get thrown onto a stage show, you know, like a common Rider stage show, where, you know, there's a whole audience cheering while they're, like, fighting bad guys and stuff. Then they get thrown onto a train, and they're beating people up on the train. I mean, because, you know, when you go into Maku space, like... just all hell breaks loose so everybody's attacking them they're you know flying through walls things are blowing up and they're being thrown through the air it's really good stuff there's a running fight through a shopping mall that actually looks a lot like the place where my theater is so that was pretty funny it was like they were fighting out in the lobby almost Uh, i've always kind of liked those you know random crazy dimensions that they'll get thrown into in uh, the, you know, they do it in the Sentai movies sometimes, or they'll do it in um, the Space Sheriffs and so on and so forth. Maku Space is just, I don't know, there's something really funny about that idea to me of the, you know, we need to throw in more crazy stuff. Let's you know, throw them into another dimension. Uh, but yes, yeah, so overall, the, the plot was really good. The characters were enjoyable. Uh, the villains were really cool. Uh, there's a great scene at the beginning, a, a really kind of intense, scary sequence when you are sort of first introduced to the monster, that, or one of the monsters rather, the main one of the main villains, which is actually pretty violent. I mean, a bunch of security guards get killed, and there's there's blood and uh, people getting thrown through the air and stuff like that. It's it's heavy duty stuff, uh, but it's it's it strikes that balance where it's it's just scary enough to be effective and, and make the bad guys look like a real threat. But it's not too scary for the kids, you know. I, mean, I thought this was, this movie does a really good job at being kind of almost like a, a good father son movie, you know. Not only in the whole relationship between the original Govan and the new one, uh, where it's it's very much you know he's very much a father figure to the new guy, but just sort of in how it it, it really kind of respects the past and and has nothing but praise for the the good old days but it's also you know it's taking things forward and it's it's showing us you know this is this is Gavin in the 21st century and all that so it's definitely a movie that i think you know adult fans will enjoy and kids will enjoy uh you know the theater was was full of both when i when i went to see it there were you know a lot of parents and their kids there were a lot of older fans there it was, you know it was a good crowd um, and a good movie. It was. It was one of the few times, again, uh, I think maybe the second time ever, where the audience applauded at the end of the movie. Uh, the other time being "Let's Go, Common Riders," when I saw it, and that was a late night showing with like a mostly adult audience. But uh, that was that was pretty cool to see. And actually, the theater I went to, um, they had Gobin himself at the end. The, a guy came out in a Gobin suit, and you know he was shaking hands with everybody as they left, which is pretty cool. You know, one of the advantages of of living in a slightly larger city than I used to—they they don't get that stuff out in the out in the countryside. But let's see, as far as the other characters, I guess I got to talk a little bit about the other space sheriffs who are in this movie, Sharivan uh, and Shider. The latter of which is played by none other than Iwanaga or Date from O's, uh, and and he looks just like Date which, which is pretty funny. I mean, he's got the goatee and everything. Now, their role in the movie is interesting because they show up at the beginning. Uh, you know, out of They're not transformed or anything. They're just the two guys show up. The other one, I think, is played by the guy who is Geki Violet in Geki Ranger. Uh, and they're just sort of brought in as... They're going to be the new Gavin's replacements. Like, he's screwed up. He wasn't supposed to go down to Earth and, and fight the monsters. He's not ready yet. So the chief is yelling at him. He's like, you know, you can't do this. And these guys will handle the investigation. So they're sort of brought in uh, to to almost be you know they're not bad guys per se but they're kind of like you know come on rookie you know they're like they're obviously more experienced than he is and and they they themselves are replacement guys because they sadly did not get the original Shyam. I, I would have kind of liked that. I know you can't have Shyder because sadly the actor's passed away, but I do think it would have been cool to have Shyam's actor in this. That's probably my one the closest I can get to for a complaint is that I I felt they probably could have worked him in somehow. Even in just a really small role, uh, Hiroshi Watari is well-loved by fans, and rightly so, because he's reportedly an awesome dude in real life. Uh, You know, plus a character named Dan Iga, can't get much better than that. Uh, At the same time, I I guess, I guess why they didn't, because this is the Goffin movie. I mean, you know, it's right there in the title, and Again, I mean, this this sort of goes back to the whole thing of where I think, I, I wish that Toei would try to, you know, pull more surprises with their movies. Like, I think if they had not shown that Shider and Shirevan were going to be in this, it probably would have worked a little bit better. Because, you know, they're kind of featured prominently in all the the campaigns and the, uh, the advertisements and stuff like that. You know, you see them in the trailers and all that. Um, And they're in a very small part of this movie. I mean, they're even credited as special guest stars. So they show up at the beginning, and then they show up again for the final fight. And it's pretty cool. They get to transform, they get to use their finishers, and you get a little snippet of their songs. But it's a a much smaller role than I think you probably may be expecting. But, you know, it's still not bad. I mean, I I think if you go into this being like, this is going to be a great Shider movie, then you might be a little disappointed. But if you go into it, just kind of you know ready to be like okay this is a Gavin movie but these guys do show up in it and they get to they get to kick some butt um, then that's you know then you should be okay with it and again it is cool to see Dante in this movie I mean that, that was my whole reason for going in the first place right so yeah they're pretty cool um, the new Gavin's assistant Cherry uh, is pretty neat and there's a, a sequence when they have to kind of disguise themselves as you know in regular clothes go down to Earth. Uh and she picks out possibly the most adorable outfit, uh, with pink hair, which of course I approve of. Um and, and she actually gets to kick some butt too. I like that, that they establish she's she's not your average uh damsel in distress per se, despite the fact that she does, you know, get tied up and everything. And they gotta save her at one point. But, you know, she's still pretty cool. Let's see, as far as other cameos from the original, uh, the guy who's the commander is the same guy from the original show, I believe. And we do get Izuka back as the voice of Don Horror, still one of the greatest villain names of all time, who kind of appears in this movie, not exactly in the way you might think, but uh, his sort of his essence is in there because the plot that the bad guys are trying to do is they're trying to bring him back into the universe, basically. He's kind of in this wormhole space hell thing, uh, and they're trying to sort of bring him back into our dimension so he does get to he does get to have some lines which is pretty cool and actually one of the other villains is voiced by the guy who was Hakaider in the 1990s Hakaider movie so I think this is probably the first time that I can think of anyway when you have both voices of Hakaider in the same movie and that's pretty cool as for the other villains um, I know one of the other guys is voiced by Seki Tomokazu uh, you know who's appearing in everything these days um, the woman, kind of witch lady, kill, is played by. Usually, I think she's a stunt actress. I believe, like a suit actress. I know she was Nadesco and a bunch of other roles. Um, you know, Japan Action Enterprises person. Um, and let's see, Sherry is played by Shinken Yellow, and the commander guy's secretary, sort of assistant, is the actress who was Malshina in Akiba Ranger, I think. I I've only seen one episode of Occupy Rangers, so I'm not sure about that last one but yeah so there's a bunch of uh bunch of alumni in this movie. Um so other than that yeah the the cast is all pretty good. Uh the action is pretty good. Again the the character the new Gavin uh, the type G Gavin although I don't think they actually call him that he's just referred to as Gavin throughout the whole movie. Uh he's pretty cool. The costume is interesting because it's so similar to the original. Uh, Really, I think the the only differences are his eyes are blue and he's got different... Instead of the buttons on his chest, the different colored buttons, he has this sort of light-up blue, almost electric pattern display that appears sometimes. Uh, And that's pretty good. Uh, It's an interesting... It was interesting to me that they decided to go with this whole idea of, of keeping him so close to the original. I mean, I guess that's the point, is because it's supposed to be the, the passing of one Gavin to the next, because at the end of the movie, the original guy is like, you're Space Sheriff Gavin now, and he shakes his hand and everything, so it really is a, a passing of the torch moment. But, I don't know, I guess before this movie came out, I thought, this would have been such a good way to introduce a new character, who they could then have in his own film series, or... TV series or whatnot. Uh, I mean, I guess ultimately this is really the 30th anniversary of Govin movie, so they wanted to make it about gavin and it, it certainly is about him. And it's about his uh, the original Govin kind of coming back for one last hurrah, and sort of I guess he passes it on to the the new guy at the end. I mean, it, it it's not really in the sense you know he doesn't die or, or retire or anything like that. I mean, he's still he's still Govin at the end of the movie. I guess just the idea is that. You know, Kenji Oba can finally kick up his feet and and relax while somebody else goes around saving the universe with a laser blade. But yeah, I think this movie it does a it does a really good job of of kind of celebrating the whole Gavin mythos and the space sheriffs in general, and uh, and really you know appealing to again I think what what most people like out of the series, which is is great action and and great characters and and all that stuff. Uh, moving on from there, let's see, I guess I can say that the effects of the movie are fine, I mean, you know, they've, uh, Gavin's spaceship and Dorgiran are now CGI, which, it looks okay, I mean, I I prefer the models myself, but, you know, the CGI looks alright, especially during the final battle scene where, like, there's this entire space fleet of bad guys that comes out of nowhere, and uh, he gets to fight through all those, I mean, it's really cool, it's, you know, it's enjoyable. Uh, it does. I, one thing I really did like is when they first introduce Gavin in this movie at the very beginning. He kind of teleports in and fights a bad guy, and then leaves in his, his spaceship. He gets beamed up, and it's all at night time, so you only see sort of the lights on the bottom of the ship, like the kind of uh, the saucer-like section. Uh, and it, it does a really good job of making it mysterious and, and unknown to uh, well, the, the one character who's watching all this happen. But I guess to the audience, too, in a way. I mean, that again, This, like I said, this movie is kind of working on this... It's working on this level where it knows that you're familiar with Gavin. At least some of the audience is. But, you know, there's also probably kids who aren't as familiar. And so they, it, it does a good job of both introducing the character and introducing the idea of the old Gavin and all that. Well also not being too bogged down in, in exposition stuff like that. Like, if you're a hardcore fan of the original, I think you'll watch this and be like, you know, this is very true to, this is the Garvin sequel that I want, that kind of thing. Uh, you know, which I, I think the movies in general, the, the movies when they bring back old heroes and stuff, they do a good job of that. You know, the 199 Heroes movie and, and Let's Go and, and such. I mean, they do a good job of reminding you why the old guys were important why they're still important, and and why they still are in their own way, you know, still pretty badass. Because uh, I think that's really, you know, that's what you should do when it comes to older heroes. Because they, you know, their stories have kind of been told, you know, in their in their original shows. They are as far as character development and things like that they've, they've sort of, you know, they have their day and now it's the new guys who they're going through the trials and all that so the best thing you can do with the original guys the older guys is have them come back and, and look awesome but also be there as sort of inspirational figures for the new ones I mean, and that's really what they do uh, when they do it very well You know, especially like in, in Mega Max you know, you have the old guys at the beginning of the movie just kicking butt And, you know, even even when they're not on screen, you kind of still feel their influence, like in the whole scene when the Conrader Club is doing their presentation. You know, I mean, it's sort of treated as a joke, but you you get the idea that that they're these legendary figures now. And Gentaro at least, you know, still takes it pretty seriously and tries to get everybody else to. So then when he actually does meet them at the end of the movie, it's like a big deal. So really I mean I think that's that's sort of what you you should be doing with older heroes is is getting them to you know keeping them around and and sort of reminding yourself every once in a while why they're still common Riders and Sentai and Space Chefs and so on these days it's it's cuz of those guys it's cuz of what they did and the road that they paved and and all that You know I I mean I always sort of say that like you know, every rider is just kind of, they're repainting the house that Hongo built, basically, you know. It's, you know, Hongo, Hongo laid the foundation. Ichimanji did a lot of the, you know, the legwork of, of setting it up. And then everybody else has been kind of like doing their own interior decoration of it, but, which is a very strange mental image. So, moving on from there. Um, yeah, so, so they're doing all that. They're paying tribute to the past and, and everything and showing you, you know, what these guys were all about. While also, you know, remembering that there's going to be a lot of people in the audience who who know that already. They they know that you know, Rider one and two are awesome and stuff like that. So you know, that's that's why those movies tend to work for me a lot. But um, let's see. The music was really good. They're, they they use the original Gavin theme for the end credits, and there's there's kind of a 2012 remix version which they used during one of the fight scenes, and it's really cool. Uh, the incidental music is all really good. It has this nice sort of feel of being like 1980s music composed in 2012, if that makes any sense. Uh, it sounds really cool. So, yeah, not not really a whole lot else to say. Actually, it just overall was a really enjoyable movie. And uh, again, like I said, I'm I'm coming into this from the perspective of somebody who's really just a, a casual fan. I you know I like Gavin, but. Again, I don't know all the ins and outs of it exactly. So, people who are really huge Metal Hero fans might see this movie and and may they might love it. I I can't imagine anyone hating it. I mean, this is I don't think this is a very flawed movie. Again, like it really comes down to you may be disappointed that they didn't get particular actors, you know, for cameos or things like that. But other than that, I mean, I don't think it really messes anything up too bad. The only other thing I could think of is possibly being a negative is there is a pretty big gap between actual appearances of the Gavin costume in this movie it's there at the beginning kind of in the middle and then for the big fight at the end but um, there's actually there's a lot more scenes of the guys running around without the suit on you know they're still doing stuff they're still fighting and, and interacting and all that but Gavin himself like as a character or characters in this case uh, it does take a while for appearances like you know you might sort of be wondering like where the heck is Gavin why isn't he transforming <laughs> um so I don't know I guess if you're if you're coming at this one from the approach of you know you want to see costumed hero action when it does happen it's very good but it it does happen a little bit more rarely than I think the commercials would probably lead you to believe like you know going by the commercials and stuff the ads you think that it's like non stop action uh and there's there's not quite like that there's a bit more story and and things going on but even still yeah you know, i th- i thought it it moved at a pretty good pace i you know i think that the story with the three main characters the new characters is pretty compelling it's this relationship between them where they they've got this kind of they go from very close friends with this sort of joking relationship where you think they kind of don't like each other but they do they're very strong there's this whole thing where they've all got these star pendants that sort of unites them together uh, and it, it takes a nice kind of tragic turn towards the end um, and, and they're good characters I mean there is there is kind of a romantic subplot going on but it's not it, it doesn't get in the way of anything I mean it it, it, it works with the story rather than against it and all three of them, I think, are really good. You know, the, the actors, they're doing a good job. Of course, it's great to see Kenji Oba back, and he's hes kicking butt and, you know, doing what he does best. And, um, you know, I think uh, Gokaiji vs. Gavin probably had more of him in it, but, you know, when he is on screen in this, and he is on screen a lot, especially towards the end, he's all over the place, uh, he's just delivering, like, a powerhouse performance, I mean, because he's, he's got to do everything, basically. He's got to be, you know, the the tough old guy. He's got to be seen where he kind of, you know, has to be a little bit unlikable, because he's, like, pushing around the new guy being like, you know, you're no good, you're useless, and they're, like, fighting each other in a river, and, you know, but that's the intent. I mean, he's trying to wind them up and get them to, like, realize it's time to man up and, and go save his friends and all that stuff. You know, and then they have this great sort of comic double act thing going on when they're getting thrown around by the bad guys and stuff in maku space and then of course you know he gets a sort of one-on-one showdown with one of the villains which is really cool um the way this movie actually had i gotta say uh, you know one thing i have to commend this movie on is that i love the way it handled all the villain deaths where you know that sometimes is a problem i think in some of the the recent movies where, you know, there's so many bad guys running around, they sometimes have to kill them off in slightly uh, half-baked ways. Like, you know, again, I loved Let's Go Combinators, but the way they kill Apollo Geist and you know, Jock Shogun and some of the guys in that movie where they all sort of fall into a pit, is like, oh man, you know, that, that you can do better than that. And actually, that's one of the things I liked about Superhero Tyson, is that they, they gave Apollo Geist kind of like a, you know, th- this is an apology, He they gave him a, go- a good, you know, final showdown with Forze, but and yes, I realize I just did say that they gave Apollo Geist an apology. Uh, that's besides the point. Um, but yeah, in this movie, you know, they they paired everybody off really nicely. So there's there's sort of four main villains and there's four main heroes by the end of the movie. So you know, you can figure out how that works. Um, and then, of course, there's, you know, there's a bunch of henchmen running around, which was actually one of the big surprises in this movie because going in, I hadn't seen anything about there being henchmen. I was hoping that there would be because I was like, you know, it, it's cool seeing all these one-on-one fights, but I really want there to be some you know Gavin throwing around henchmen stuff because the, the bad guy henchmen in the original show, I, I really like. They have a, a cool design and everything, and there's, there's something very appealing about them. As there are with Inhuman in general, of course, but yeah, when they show up, they're kind of these like ninja-like dudes, um, and when they show up, it, it was a it was a real kind of punch the air moment for me. But um, yeah, uh, uh, overall, I I gotta say I really liked this movie, and I hope if you're a fan of uh, Space Sheriff Govin or the Space Sheriffs in general, or Metal Heroes or Hell Tokusatsu, uh, hopefully you'll enjoy it too when it eventually it comes out. Uh, this is one. I think I'll pick up on DVD or Blu-ray. I, don't know, I actually can't play Blu-ray at the moment. I don't have a player, but <laughs> maybe I'll get one uh, and, then, and then start getting some Blu-ray movies because so far I've, I've got the Mega Max Director's Cut DVD, but I, it doesn't feel right. It feels like I should get the Blu-ray too, even if I can't watch it because <laughs> that's such a great movie. Uh, but that's a topic for another time. Um, so yeah, that's <laughs> that's really it. Like I said, this is going to be a shorter episode because all I can really talk about is is my thoughts on Gavin movie at the moment. Now, of course, you know you're wondering, well, what about Common Rider? You know, what about Wizard and all that? I will be doing an episode on Wizard. Um, it won't be the next one because actually, next episode is going to be another movie review uh, because next weekend there is a movie coming out that I've been waiting for for quite some time. And uh, I will be reviewing that. And it's, again, not Common Rider per se, but it is very closely tied into Common Rider, and, and even closer than this one, honestly. Um, but yes, I will be doing an episode on Common Rider Wizard after that, and I'll, I'll go back to the end of Forza 2 and touch on that. Because, you know, we did the HJU radio about those, but I, I think maybe if you have any further questions or, you know, if you want to know what I thought of a particular things, you can let me know. I'll I'll try to get to them, because uh, I would like to talk about those a little bit more. And, of course, Wizard, which uh, I think by the time I get to recording that, we'll, we'll have the first eight episodes, or eight or nine, maybe even ten. I've got to double-check, but I'll do that. Because uh, Wizard, you know, without going too much into it right now, uh, I really liked the first episode, and, and the next couple were good, but I was still sort of waiting for that point where it would Win me over, and with the last arc, the last two, it really did. Uh, I just really enjoyed those two. You know, I, I but I've enjoyed the show so far, up, up till now, really. I mean, it's a it's a pretty it's a pretty fun show, and I'm I'm interested to see where it goes from here. I'm really excited for the episode that's going to air tomorrow, uh, which will be episode eight, I believe. So I'll probably yeah, I'll probably get the podcast on that out. I'm gonna try to do it. <laughs> before the end of the month. So I'm going to try to have two more episodes out before the end of the month. Fingers crossed. Uh, we'll see how that goes. But And then, well, you know, if all goes according to plan, I'm going to try to have an episode out every week. From, from there on, we'll go weekly. I cannot guarantee that will happen. It probably won't because I am terrible when it comes to schedules and stuff like that. But I, I'm going to seriously try to do this on a weekly basis. Which will probably result, you know, in kind of a, a mix of episode links. I mean, there'll probably be some weeks where I'll I'll just talk about Wizard, maybe something else, and then there's others where you know I've got a whole bunch of things, other topics to discuss, you know, that people have hopefully recommended, or just things that I want to get to at some point. And so and and then of course you know I'll be doing other stuff on the site, articles and things like that. I've got a whole bunch of plans of stuff that hopefully we'll be coming together soon because, you know, as you know, I'm I'm working full-time again after what was basically two years of kind of on and off and, and having a lot more free time. But now I'm, I'm back, you know, at the grind eight to four every week and, you know, having a great time here in Japan and everything. Uh, that's right. This is the first episode recorded in Japan. But uh, finally, you know, I, I meant to get one out last month, but I never got around to it. But um but yeah, so you know, lots of stuff on the plate, lots of stuff going on. But yeah, you know, I'm gonna try to do more of these when it comes to movies, um at least if they're if they're somehow related to Kamen Rider or Tokusatsu, or I can sort of work them in. I'll you know, I'll I'll cover them. So Um but so basically yeah, so you know, lots of stuff going on. Uh we'll see what happens from here. But that's my <laughs> very jumbled review of Space Sheriff Gavin the movie I give it two thumbs up uh, and I hope you like it too whenever you get a chance to see it so that's it for this episode of Rider Break thanks for listening as always you can check out my stuff at egadevil.com I'm on Twitter, I'm on Facebook under Egadevil, I'm on Tumblr under Egadevil iTunes under Egadevil pretty much everywhere under Egadevil so there you go uh, thanks for listening and as always remember